Hello, everybody, and welcome to McKay's Music Corner, a musical discussion podcast that and it starts... starts right now. McKay's Music Corner, a musical discussion podcast. My name is McKay, and this is my corner. <laughs> um, yeah, welcome to my my little musical nook where I talk about things. This is a podcast where I discuss songs that I enjoy, songs that inspire me, and I've been going at it for 10 episodes now. This is the 10th episode officially. It's been a really fun ride. I think there's no end to how many episodes I can make. There's always going to be new music coming out. There's always going to be old music resonating with me and that I come back to. So it'll be really exciting to see all the different paths this podcast takes as the months and possibly years go by. Today I am going to be doing something a little bit different than most episodes. While I am going to be talking about five songs today... I will also be discussing the music videos that have been released for each of those songs. So the first music video and song I wanted to talk about today is Talking to Ourselves by Rise Against. And this song was originally released on June 1st, 2021, and appeared as one of the tracks on their latest album, Nowhere Generation. The music video premiered on April 6th, 2022, and was directed by Ryan Valdez. So this is the fourth track off their latest album, Nowhere Generation, and Rise Against had this to say in the YouTube description of the video. Talking to ourselves is about watching yourself and the people around you fall into complacency. Despite your best efforts to get people's attention, it feels like no one is listening. Sometimes we feel the urge to do something crazy, to disturb the peace, to jostle the world around us awake. Our actions might be seen as out of the ordinary, but they are acts of desperation when all else has failed. So video concept-wise on this song, I think it's uh, pretty good. So basically there's some sort of art exhibit, and the only art that is displayed are these big QR codes, and there are people attending the art exhibit, and they're scanning the codes with their phones. And I think what happens is they scan the QR code, and on their phone it brings them to videos or posts about current world issues such as war, poverty, natural disasters, protests, and more. But pretty quickly you can see that the people attending this event are getting distracted with other things. There are just other videos that are more interesting to them, or there are trends that they'd rather take a part of. And I've seen a couple criticisms, like in the comments for this video, where people are saying, Ah, this is just a video that says phones are bad, but doesn't have much else to say. And I can definitely see that criticism, but I would probably disagree that it's that basic. Because the phones in this video are also used to bring attention to the serious issues and bring awareness. It's not saying stay off your phones, it's just saying don't let all these distractions prevent you from seeing what's actually happening in the world. And that kind of goes hand in hand with the quote that I read at the beginning of this. 
Throughout the video, it also shows the band, Rise Against, performing the song on these little TVs and screens, and it has that nowhere generation type of filter or vibe to it. And so I think this is a way to allow the band to still be in the music video without actually having to appear on the same set. These could have been filmed in different states and still go together. I can understand that approach might seem lazy, but it's <laughs> it doesn't really bother me that much. The band isn't the focus in this music video. They, they It's kind of just like a thing going on in the background while the rest of it tells the story. And while I love Rise Against as a band, I do think that a lot of their music videos are definitely hit or miss. A lot of times the music videos don't seem to fit with the message or the tones of the songs, but for the most part I think this one did a good job. I think it fits well with the style and the motifs of the Nowhere Generation era of songs. Something that is really cool also in the music video is that each of those QR codes are scannable with your phone, and so I actually brought my phone out and scanned it from the screen, and they are fully functional, and they take you to about two or three different places. The first one takes you to a YouTube video of Tim the singer and Joe playing the same song, talking to ourselves, acoustic and live. And then the second link that you can scan from a QR code on the video, it takes you to a website with a 17 second snippet of what appears to be an unreleased song. So that was a really cool surprise, a kind of fun little bonus. And what they've been doing is every week or so they've been updating that website and adding a new little clip or snippet of possibly multiple songs. Maybe, you know, some fans are predicting an upcoming EP of unreleased B-sides from Nowhere Generation. But each of the clips sounds really good and you can uh, access that from the video. But yeah, overall, I think the music video does a fine job. It, it doesn't blow me away or anything, but I thought it was cool. So yeah, now let me talk about the song itself. I really like the speed of the song with the beginning guitar riffs and the pre-chorus. I think there is a good energy with those instruments and with Tim's vocals. The chorus of the song really slaps and it has a catchy line that I, I can't help but sing along to whenever it plays. And that line says, I never wanted to disturb the peace, but it feels like no one's listening. In a nutshell, that's basically the main message of this song is feeling so much frustration that it doesn't seem like anyone's listening, no one's paying attention to the important issues at hand. And so they, they need to do something, they need to do something drastic. I think the lyrics of the song are on par with the rest of Rise Against discography. You know, a lot of earlier albums tackle topics pretty head-on and let you know what they're talking about and have, have to do with a lot of world issues or current events. But I really like that this song is more introspective and can apply to more than one issue going on in the world. Some other things this song talks about are things like blind obedience and defying the rules to do what is right. Which, as you can tell from the band's name, is kind of their thing. But yeah, overall, this song is just really good in every way. I think production-wise of it is really good with the mixing. A lot of the problems that happened in their previous album, Wolves, was that a lot of the mixing just sounded so muddled and so crunchy and kind of garbled, and it really took away from the rawness of Tim's vocals. And so I was glad to see with Noah Generation that it was a lot better in that arena. And this song is a very good representation of that.
It's definitely one of the standout tracks from the album, and it acts as a reminder that Rise Against is still just as passionate about their music and about the issues going on today. Alright, so the next song and music video I'm going to be discussing is We Are Who We Are. And no, this isn't by Kesha. <laughs> um, this is by the band Missio. M-I-S-S-I-O. Stylized in all caps. If you give a shit. <laughs> this song was released on March 23rd, 2022, and the music video premiered on April 5th, 2022. And this music video was animated and directed by No Face Productions. So this is one of the three new Missio songs that have been released this year, hopefully off an upcoming record, but as of now there's been no confirmation of that. So I think this music video is really neat because all of it is done in claymation, which is a really fun medium to do a music video in. The video itself has some darker, more unsettling imagery. There are things like scary masks, demon-like creatures, and this bloody goop type of stuff, so it could potentially be a bit disturbing to children. But it's really well done, the, the stop-motion animation is very smooth and solid, and there's some really fun and creative sequences involved with different lighting, textures, and the use of perspective. And there's a really cool scene where the demon flies into the air and that shows him going through the clouds, and so they use the perspective thing to make him appear smaller, soaring next to these fluffy clouds. Another thing that really impressed me about the music video was the skill it took to make the weird creature and lamb deity thing to make its robes move and flow, to look like the, the wind was passing through them and it was, it had presence to it. It didn't look stale and amateur, it was really well done. And overall, I think the animation is just really well executed, and it tells an interesting visual story in a short amount of time. The video tells the story of a little creature's violent birth and its terrifying transformation. I think at some point, the creature steals a creepy red mask, and it kind of causes him to elongate and grow wings. And then he flies into the sun, sort of like, well, I guess very much like, Icarus, and then his wings melt from the heat and he plummets to the ground. The final overall image of the music video is really cool. The lamb deity thing that created this little demon is holding his creation's broken body in his arms, and there's a glaring sun burning in the background behind them. But yeah, it was just really cool, and it I think it's a really good way for the the musicians to be able to keep creating music, you know, they don't have to interrupt their schedules, to go and do a shoot. And at the same time, they're able to allow another creator, an artist, to get their name out there and to get some of their work represented. So it's really cool to see two different artists collaborate and get both of their works out to different audiences. I think that's a really cool way to do it. The song itself, I think is really good as well. I don't think it's my favorite of the three Missio tracks that released. It might be. They're, they're all really good. And while I do enjoy a lot of the party, kind of dancey, mosh pit type of songs from Missio, I'm always a huge fan of the songs from them that feel a lot more personal and inspirational. This song embraces the feelings of uselessness, guiltiness, loneliness, and those really show in the lyrics. 
It's all about accepting those aspects as part of who we are and learning from those emotions. This group of songs that have been released are definitely a bit heavier and darker than their previous release in 2020 with Can You Feel the Sun? That album felt a lot more optimistic and brighter, but it's really cool and exciting to see them kind of go this darker direction and do some heavier sounds than we're used to. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to see what else they put out. The next song and music video I'm going to talk about is I Love This Part by The Rex. And both the song and the music video were released on March 25th, 2022. And it was directed and edited by Daniel Henry. So I actually have a lot to say about this music video because I, I really ended up liking it. Not only from a fan of the Rex perspective, but as a uh, kind of a film geek too. Cinematically, I think the video is very interesting. There are almost elements of horror with the things they do with the lighting and shots of the band members standing in doorways or crouching creepily in the streets. It's very ominous at times. There isn't necessarily a story told from beginning to end with the music video, but rather a visual cohesiveness to go with the anger and heartbreak of the song itself. I'm a big fan of this music video, and you can really tell that there was a specific vision from start to finish and that the director and the band pulled off what they were going for. Most of the music video takes place within this dark and seemingly abandoned house. It's unclean, it's small, and I guess it could probably represent how empty the singer feels because of the person that hurt him. They feel abandoned and betrayed. There are also shots of them performing outside under some sort of fenced-in city light at an overpass. And the fenced-in place is circular and it almost looks like a little mini stage with a big tall light that illuminates them. I thought it looked really cool. That was a really cool location that they found. And the outside scenes are also shot in the nighttime, but even so, the, the lighting looks really good and it stays consistent with the rest of the music video. I really like the movement of the camera in this video. There is a lot of smooth panning and dollying and ups and downs and tracking. There really aren't many shots that are just static. But at the same time, it doesn't feel excessive or disorienting to the viewer. The camera movement is done professionally, so the camera isn't jostling around and looking like one of the Jason Bourne movies. It, it feels really smooth and graceful. I think all the, the different camera movements that go on really help to add this urgency and the energy of the song. It's always keeping it interesting, and according to the video's description, the Steadicam work was done by Drew Weaver. Well done, Drew. Well done. <laughs> uh, I know I, that maybe sounds sarcastic, but no, I... Good job, I really like it. <laughs> so yeah, I think just everyone that was involved in this music video was really professional and did a really good job, made it look really, really nice. You know, I can't take 15 minutes to credit all of them. I think the credits are all in the music video, so you can check those out for yourself. A really good job in my opinion. And now I'm going to talk about the song itself. So this is the second of two singles that have been released by the Rex this year. Both of these songs feature quite the shift in style for the band, at least in my opinion. I'm no expert on genre, but the first single, Lone Survivor, almost sounds like a disco pop 
type of song. And I Love This Part is a poppier sound for them as well, but darker. So at the very least, the new songs have a lot more electronic and synth sounds to them, more than their previous work, which was more alternative and rock. But I don't really get bothered by the shifts in genre by bands. Most of the time, if the band is trying a new genre or a new style, as long as I listen to the song and I enjoy what I'm hearing, then I give it a big thumbs up. In the case of the Rex, I really like the direction they're going. I look forward to the music they put out from here, and I've already listened to these songs multiple times. A lyric I really like from this song is in the pre-chorus, and it says, All I wanted was some good food, better conversation. This lyric explains that he got a lot more than he bargained for when he started dating this person. He wasn't looking for anything too serious, he just wanted some company, but as the song explains, he got into a relationship with a pretty awful person. He says, You're a danger to society. Your brain could use a change in wiring. And that is probably my favorite lyric from the song, because it lets you know that this isn't just a bad breakup, this is a serious dodged bullet. There is no fondness left for this person. It is all disdain and regret. And there's some of the anger that comes out later in the song, where the singer screams, Now you're nothing but a fan. The band doesn't scream that often, if at all, but I really like the inclusion of screaming that part. <laughs> Something that's really funny is, in that part of the music video when he says, Now you're nothing but a fan, <laughs> it cuts to a close-up shot of a spinning air fan. So some very subtle humor that I almost missed there. Pretty dumb, <laughs> but I thought it was kind of funny. But probably the most impressive part of this song is the vocals. I think Nick's vocals are really... He's going above and beyond and really trying to get all those ranges, different notes. He does some type of vibrato part where he, he sings in the chorus. And just overall, it really it shows off his talent as a singer. Yeah, I really like this song and I'm really excited because the Rex will soon embark on their latest tour called the Better Than Ever Tour. And that's going to be happening in June, and they're going to be performing along with the bands Girl House and Mothe. So I'll be going to their Utah show that's coming up, and I think this will be about the fourth time I've seen them live. So that'll be really cool. Next up is the song and music video The Funeral by Youngblood. And both of these were released on March 11th, 2022. And the music video was directed by Christian Brayslauer. I'm probably butchering that name. Sorry, buddy. So out of all the music videos I am covering today, this is probably the one with the biggest budget and scale. And I think that's to be expected with Youngblood's popularity and success lately. While I don't have a lot to say about this music video compared to the last ones, there are several aspects of it that I really think are fun. But the coolest part of this music video is that it features Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne. <laughs> when I first saw the teaser trailer for this upcoming music video featuring Ozzy Osbourne, I knew that I was in for a really fun, wild ride. Both Ozzy and Sharon in the video provide so much humor to it. There's a scene at the beginning of the music video and then one at the end that kind of closes it all together. And there's a lot of swearing that's really funny. Ozzy's delivery of his lines 
are so funny and <laughs> it's just it's my favorite. I really like that. But the main content of the music video is Youngblood performing the song on stage in front of a bunch of people and giving his usual energetic and 150% effort self. His stage presence is always phenomenal, both in real life and when he's doing his music videos. He's always moving around and giving his best. Yeah, a lot of the themes throughout the music video are very dark, you know, with the themes of the funeral and death. So you'll see Youngblood digging his own grave, I think. Ozzy Osbourne acting creepy around coffins and wearing black and freaky makeup. One of the coolest parts that I found out as I follow Youngblood's social medias is that Youngblood was driving the car from the Quentin Tarantino movie Death Proof. I don't have any way of knowing if it's 100% the exact car used in the film or just a replica, but it looks really... The reference is there. It looks like the car. It has the skull and crossbones on the hood. But yeah, it was a really cool Easter egg type of thing. From some of the behind-the-scenes footage I've seen of Youngblood and the Osbournes, it looked like they had a lot of fun making it together. In fact, there's a really touching moment where Youngblood and Ozzy Osbourne are talking, and Ozzy actually gives Youngblood one of his necklaces and tells him, Always keep that with you. It'll bring you good luck. And the look on Youngblood's face was just so, so honored, so baffled. He was so excited to, to work with this musical legend. It'd be really cool to see if they collab again and maybe work on a song together. I think that could be a really cool thing. So now I'll be talking about the song, The Funeral. The idea of Youngblood's death is something he has thought about on more than one occasion. Not necessarily in a depressing or suicidal way, but in terms of the finality of death or what would be left behind once he's gone. In a video about the song, Youngblood said this, This song is about dancing on my own grave and inviting everybody to dance on it with me. You might not be around forever. How do you genuinely want to be remembered? You can tell that Youngblood honestly cares about his music and about the message he shares with his listeners. I know his music and personality might not be for everyone, but his authenticity and wild zaniness are something I really admire. One of his biggest messages is for everyone to be unapologetically themselves, and he said that this is advice even he needs to follow. Although the song lyrically deals with death, funerals, hating things about yourself, the song itself is actually very upbeat and happy sounding. The style of it is reminiscent of the 80s, so I've heard. <laughs> I'm not that familiar with 80s music, but I agree, it does remind me of some of those types of songs that I enjoy. But I really love that about Youngblood. He loves to honor music that he enjoys, and he's never afraid to try out different genres. He makes anything and everything he wants to. I really like the lyrics that repeat in the verses, but each time with a variation, so it's kind of a progression and a story. So he says, and I hate myself, but that's all right. And I love myself, but that's all right. And I tell myself that it's all right, that I dream about the day I die. And like I said, this repeats three times, but the first time he says, I hate myself. Second time he asks, do you hate yourself? And last, we all hate ourselves. For this song, it shows that he and his listeners are one and the same. We all have problems, but we are trying our best and that's all right. There's definitely been some talk about Youngblood and his 
third album. So I'm really excited for whenever that releases. And I'm also really excited to see his rescheduled concert later this year. So hopefully I get to hear The Funeral live in October. Last, but certainly not least, I am going to be discussing the song and music video, Anything But Me, by Muna. And this was released March 15th, 2022, and directed by Ali Penke. The day arrived. The amazing new single by Muna has finally been released, and with it, the official announcement of their upcoming third album, titled Muna. What artists and bands sometimes do, for those of you that don't know, is they'll name the album after their own name. So in the music world, they call that a self-titled record. So this is Muna's self-titled record. The album will be released on June 24th, 2022 through Satisfactory Records. And I cannot be more excited! Seriously, <laughs> I am so happy. This news of the upcoming album came to me at a really dark time. I, a person in my family passed away and it was very devastating. And I think it was just the next day that this news was announced. And while that didn't solve anything, there was still grieving. It did remind me that there are brighter moments ahead in my life. And it was a good pick-me-up to have this song and that announcement. Also, not only did I get to see Moon Alive earlier this year in February, but they will be returning to Utah in October. So that's a new album and two concerts that I'll be attending in one year. Seriously, this is the best year of Muna ever for me. <laughs> so now let's get talking about the song and video. This music video is perfect, and it's perfect in every way. It is so amazing, and it ties so beautifully with the message and the vibe of the song. The music video is well shot, there is fun choreography and creative scenes, and it tells a hopeful and inspirational story about escaping from a relationship that doesn't feel right. I would highly recommend you watch the music video for this because the song and video really do go hand in hand and your life will be better for it. I will have a link to the music videos that I've talked about today in the description of this episode so you can check on those if you like. So in the video, each of the three band members can be seen bound or restrained in some way. The singer Katie is blindfolded in the back of a car, Naomi is handcuffed to a radiator, and Josette is chained and dangling from a hook in a shed. And those are the main positions for each of them in that video, but the three can also be seen tied together in chairs with rope or sitting on a couch with a transparent sheet of plastic covering them, like they are old furniture being stored away or something. <laughs> and visually, it all looks fantastic, and it is fun, but it really is some sad symbolism for what the song is about. The band Muna says this about the video. Anything But Me is a song about leaving a partnership simply because it doesn't feel right. It's about trusting yourself and your instincts enough to walk away from someone while you still have love for each other and before it gets too bad. The video for this song plays with the idea that we've been our own captors in relationships, keeping ourselves in unhealthy dynamics, maybe because that's what feels familiar. The song embodies the lightness and playfulness that floods in when you realize that there's no lock on the door. No one's holding you back. 
You can untie the knot and skip into the sunset whenever you're ready. I really love this message, and it, it's a really different approach to an end of a relationship than you hear in most songs. It's more hopeful, and it feels more mature. And with the video, what they said is really true. There is no captor ever to be seen, no bad guy behind the bonds that hold them, and in the end, each one of them is able to free themselves whenever they want. Now there's one part of the music video I haven't really talked about yet, and that is the dancing. So with the start of the second chorus, the dancing of this trio begins. And like the band said about the song, there is a playfulness and lightness to the dancing and the way they present themselves. The three of them step and move in time with each other as they dance in an empty house in the desert, and it just made me smile so much. There is, there is one choreography moment in particular that really gets me, and it's when each of them lift up one of their feet and give it two playful slaps. <laughs> I love that so much. And as I'm writing this episode and doing some research, I actually learned that this is in fact a type of choreographed dance style known as line dancing. And basically what that is, is where a group of people dance along to a repetition of dance moves while in line or in a row. And this type of dancing can be done to songs like Macarena, Cha Cha Slide, which is a family cruise classic. And it is also practiced and performed in country western dance bars. And I know it might sound like I'm just reading off a Wikipedia article about this genre of dancing, but the reason I think it's important is because there is a more country feel to these new songs, especially with this one and the yet-to-be-released kind of girl that they have been playing live. So I really like the nod towards this influence and you can really see the definite country influences to the song and video. So as you've already heard, I really love this song a lot. And possibly, I might even like it more than their first single for album 3, Silk Chiffon. Saying that almost feels blasphemous in some way. <laughs> Am I gonna get in trouble with Muna fans? Or the band themselves? I, I just don't know. The opening line for this song was one of my favorites. It's just so iconic and humorous. It goes, You're gonna say that I'm on a high horse. I think that my horse is regular sized. Did you ever think that maybe you're on a pony going in circles on a carousel ride? I love these lyrics so much because every now and then while you're listening to music, you'll hear lines in a song that you never expected to hear and it will just tickle you so much. And this is an example of one of those times for me. When I heard this the first time, I audibly laughed in glee. This was the song to officially welcome in the new record of Muna, and it just has me so pumped. There really is nothing quite like the excitement behind a music release, and it just makes you so happy. And this is a feeling I don't get with most bands, but I do feel it with Muna, 21 Pilots, Rise Against, Youngblood, and The Used. I think lyric-wise, this song is peak Muna. It has both humor and heart. I will always be a fan of love songs and breakup songs that reinvent the wheel and give a different spin to it. And for this one song, that is the realization that it's okay to end the relationship on a good note before things get out of hand. And I think this song shows a lot of growth for Muna as a band and also for each of them as individuals. They're still navigating life and relationships but they can recognize that sometimes they are the ones holding themselves back. It's a really great message, and 
The music video ends with such a freeing and motivational feeling. They literally run away with the sunset. Probably my favorite lyric from this song that I want to highlight happens in the bridge, and it says, Sure, I'm gonna cry for the love we couldn't keep, but I would rather lose you than who I'm meant to be. So with that, 10 out of 10 song. I really couldn't have asked for anything more from Muna and more from an announcement song to introduce the new era of Muna, the self-titled record that comes out in June. And I just, yeah, I just can't wait for June 24th. There will be a total of 11 tracks, so a pretty good amount. And with the quality that have been in the new singles, I think it's going to just be fantastic. It's so fortunate that their music hasn't peaked. They are always a band that continues to put out new, beautiful music, keep pushing the envelope. Is that what they say? (laughs) You know, trying new things without losing that special piece that makes Muna, Muna. All right, well, I probably will never talk about music videos again unless I really just absolutely love them, like the Muna music video. But I thought it would be a cool new thing to try out for an episode, and they are all songs that I really enjoy lately. So yeah, let me know your thoughts. You can follow me on McKay's Music Corner on Instagram. I post a lot of fun behind the scenes, talk about songs I'm listening to, and definitely check out my latest bonus episode, first bonus episode, And it's basically my thoughts and my experience on the recent Record Store Day 2022. So thank you all again so much for listening. Go check out some of the other episodes. And this is McKay's Music Corner, signing off. The new era of Muna.